Divine Truth Assistance Group. These group assistance sessions are about putting principles of divine truth into action. This discussion is part of the 2014 Australia Group 1 series. Cornelius discusses recognizing addictions in relationships. Recorded on the 14th of July 2014 in Monterey, New South Wales, Australia. Thank you. <laughs> Hi guys, Mary told me, or told you guys, that we're going to be talking about recognizing addiction in relationships. So, have all you guys been in relationships for a start? Of some kind, are you in one now? Like a love, romantic sort of relationship? Nobody, no hands. Like, oh, good, so you're qualified, that's good. So, <laughs> about this talk. Okay, first thing we want to talk about. How do your relationships normally flow? Like when you first have a feeling you get into a relationship, what's the first sort of feeling that comes up in the relationship? Eloisa? Well, you think it's love and you think like it's, well... Everything like seems rosy and really awesome and like this is going to be the yeah. best thing that ever happened to you. Nice and rosy. Yeah. Is it just a why? Yep. It'll do for now. Yeah. It's all glossy and shiny. And you want it. Like you want it. <laughs> it's like an addiction. <laughs> it is. Yeah, you're onto it. You're, you're geared for this Mine talk. was anyway. <laughs> Yeah. So I wanted all this stuff, I suppose, and it had all these ideas. And yeah. Yeah. Yep. Anybody else? Di? I'll go over to Denise as well, right in the back. Yeah, I can feel like alive and like... Yep, alive. That's a beauty. Yeah, this is where my life's finally taken me. Yep. The Denise? butterflies are happening. Butterflies all fluttering away. Yep. Stomach rolling over, anticipation. Yeah. Yep, so more butterflies. What's that feeling like? Uh, happiness. Just happiness, yeah. yeah. That's one thing we're searching for, isn't it? Yes, Louise. All my other problems fade into the background. So taking all my problems away. Yeah. So what do we call that one? That feeling of relief from my... Yeah, relief. Um, false euphoria, I suppose. So just relief. I'm not thinking about all my other problems that were in the forefront previously. Yeah. That's sort of like, I suppose if you imagine... You meet the first person for a while, you have a little time in a relationship, and you go, oh, she makes me feel so good. She's so awesome. She makes me feel just like alive. She's unreal. I'm in love. I'm in love. I'm in love. <laughs> going to get married. Going to get married. Going to get married. Put a ring on it. Yeah. Come on, baby. <laughs> Isn't that more like it? Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Come on, guys. <laughs> That's the honeymoon period. It feels great. Everything's awesome. 
So, <laughs> there's more of that, just when the corny starts coming out. <laughs> so what's it like over time when those feelings start sort of drifting off, when the dancing's not happening there as much? And <laughs> yes, Eloisa? You kind of start to feel like you wonder whether it really was what you thought it was and you, you start to question things. And to be honest, basically I started telling the truth about stuff, terrified that I was going to get rejected and only because I had a really nice man who completely uh, pandered to my stuff. So disillusioned? Yeah. I don't know if that's how you spell that. But, but it wasn't <laughs> disillusioned with him. It was like... With love? Um, no, it was like, it just wasn't what I'd wanted it to be. So the illusion uh-huh. was broken yep. and you had the everyday things. Like I was still there. I still had all my crap so and it had of, just come with just me. Just sort of flatlining a bit. Yeah. And it wasn't out. really about Pete. It was more about, I could feel all the horrible things in me again. Uh huh. And so then like the illusion that what he loved, he wasn't going to love anymore. Because you only put the pretty things out there in the first place? Uh, and didn't yeah. want to see all the... Corny, so I thought pretty. I didn't. I thought I was really honest. Yeah. <laughs> but it was only to a certain degree. Yeah. Well, there's some other ones who've got some other feeling. As a relationship starts going on and we start getting used to each other a bit more, our ways and things like that. Do you have one there, Raj? I think complacency sets in. Yep. Yeah. And that's addictive. So you have our little roles and just sort of do our, do our job sort of thing. So it's sort of like the guy's going, I'm married, I'm married, I'm married, I'm married. Oh, yes, dear, just doing it now. Like, <laughs> sort of hasn't got that sort of not as excited anymore. Just doing the thing, just making the peace. Yeah, that sort of thing. Yeah. So it starts getting sort of like um, before we were drinking a nice sugary drink, weren't we? It's all nice and sweet. Had a little, had a little, um, like a cocktail. That's how that relationship looked now, before. Now it's sort of like a, just a pretty boring old cordial or something. It doesn't as flashy anymore. Don't need to flash it up because don't need to sell it. Yeah. So how does it usually end? What's it look like as that sort of dies off, Matt? I think it usually gets into like the blackmail and the nastiness and the the all all the built up resentment gets unfailed and dumped on the other person. Yeah, there's a lot of anger. Lots of blame. Happening. Like you, I think. Yeah. I think yeah, you want to walk away feeling it was your your fault, it wasn't mine. Yeah. There's anger. There's blame. Yeah. All the annoyances and things come up, don't they? Somebody else die. Yeah, I'm looking for ways to get out, like, and threats and threats about leaving and yeah, that so sort threats. of thing. Yeah. You try and still get the person to do what you want them to do, but it never sort of happens. Yeah, I'm just going to the next one. We'll keep moving. Um, where's the next one? Yeah, if it doesn't end, what's it like then if you decide, it's not that bad, I'm, I might just hang around for some of the good bits, because they're not all bad, not all good, but, you know, 
What we sort of call that, what's that sort of feeling when that's happening? Kara? Uh, and Ruben? I just withdraw into myself and become very private and don't communicate on a real level about anything. So you're sort of still in a beer, shutting down all the things in yourself, like suppressing all your desires, suppressing all your, um, particularly any love that you might have had. Yeah. Okay, Paul. And... Uh, feelings of um, depression and delusion. Uh, I can't say it. You know, uh, disillusionment. Yeah, happens a lot in the relationships. At that point, doesn't it? They start getting into like depression. A lot of people do because they're suppressed so much of themselves. Compromise. Yep, a lot. Yep, codependent relationships end up compromising at things we want to do and things we like um, in the relationship for ourselves. And we don't often express that. We just do what the other person does. So, what's the next next one we're going to go to? So what do we do after it ends? Like if we've just gone, okay, I've had enough, not doing it no more, get out of the relationship, what's it like then? <laughs> it is relieving sometimes, isn't it? But what do we end up doing though too? Do we end up sticking around? Like, I mean, sorry, looking for another one or, you know, down there? You just jump on the bandwagon again because it wasn't exactly. it wasn't their fault. I mean, it wasn't your fault. It was them. So if you find <laughs> of course. the right person, it'll all work. Yeah, and so. you hope and hope the same method's going to work again, don't you? Yeah, because yeah. you don't love, <laughs> only love. And it goes on and on and on. <laughs> and you go, well, the end of the cycle ends up. Love sucks. Love sucks. Love sucks. <laughs> But somehow you get back on again, don't you? So you trust and believe that's going to give you good feelings. So you keep on having another shot of it. Yeah. Right, next one. Uh, Fab. You also get like uh, cautious and resistive of the next one as well, like yeah, less trustworthy start, and... Yeah, you start shutting down a little shut bit more. Shut down yourself, yeah. And come sort of rigid and sort of controlling a bit more mm. and don't want to touch those little areas that hurt me last time. Yeah. Yeah, so we start shutting down our whole soul, really, to love completely if we keep doing that cycle. We don't want to keep doing that. So, next one, Fab. Why does this happen? Eloisa? I reckon from what I've heard now from Divine Truth, it's because you've never dealt with anything that's causing it. Like your soul's attracting this perfect thing for you to, to deal with. You don't do deal with anything because you just think that the whole, uh, you know, getting married thing's going to be so cool. And you don't want to look at yourself. You don't want to look at each other. And you don't want to look at the issues that are in the relationship. I just think it's the relationships will fix up all my hurts. Yeah. Make me feel great. Basically. Yeah, it's like to make me feel great. Totally. It's like, yeah. hey, mum and dad in one package, can you do everything that they didn't? And mm. when they don't, then you kind of leave them and go looking for the next mum and dad. Mm. But, but you gross. end up doing exactly what your parents did in the end, don't you? Start becoming them. You do. As much as you want to try and get away from it, from the damage, Absolutely. end up being the, the same as the damage Well, was. you completely create it. And sometimes in, I reckon, worse ways, because I don't know why, but you do. It compounds. Yeah. <laughs> Just like that system does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah next one, Fab. 
So some of the reasons we've got here, like the main reason really is because we're trying to ignore the relationship with God. If we're looking for love, if, all our, if there are addictions, all the relationships we're getting into, we're trying to look for love, but we're not looking in the right places. We just want to ignore the one with God. So we start looking for one, trying to get the feelings met through other people because it's a quick fix to our problems, isn't it? Addictions are always a quick fix to the problem. Basically, we're just looking for the good feelings, trying to avoid the bad feelings. And we keep doing this cycle all the time. We'll just keep doing it. And like you said here, the good feelings make you feel happy, alive and wanted. This is what I'm looking for when I go into relationships. I'm trying to get those feelings met. I don't want to feel the bad feelings. I feel like I'm sad, I'm dead inside, I'm unhappy, rejected, unworthy. I'm trying to avoid those at all costs. Relationships and addiction always give me those. It makes me feel full, makes me feel alive, makes me feel worthwhile. It's not going to be the answer. So as you can see by the diagram that Mary drew up here before, we just keep in this cycle of compulsion. We get this urge to try and go and get something met inside of ourselves, a feeling we just don't want to feel, a feeling of bad, a feeling unworthy, feeling alone. So we go and look for someone that's going to fill that up in us. When it gets met, it feels great. It feels like that's the way to go. It's a new belief, new truth. This is how I get my good feelings met. We go the other way, it doesn't get met. You know, being grumpy and pissed off and still jaded about love and... But we end up going, it's the only way that it gets met. We don't know any other system, it seems. So we keep on doing this system and feeling worse and worse and worse. Um, Bob? Because I, we have this belief, or I had this belief, that the right person would eventually come along. I just have to you know, keep going on this cycle. I didn't even consider that there was another cycle. And I had faith, false faith, in that, Love eventually would always conquer, but I was putting the faith, my love and faith in somebody else and never considered even looking at putting it in God. So you're putting faith in addictions. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and the relationships and... To supply it. Just to supply it. So yeah. therefore, um, now in reality, what we know now, that's just a huge projection on that other person to provide all of these things for us mm-hmm. that we totally didn't want to feel or see. So you're wanting a damaged person to try and fix you up. Yeah, but I didn't want a damaged person. I wanted the perfect person. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, you have to become the perfect person to attract the other half of you. Well, I know that now. Because but... the first statement you made was correct. Yes. Yeah, there yeah. is some love, someone there for you. There is a love out there. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Just like you said, there was no done to understand the system how to get that. Yeah. 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 Let's move on. So. Oh, next one, Fab. As you've learned, you've been learning it yesterday and today and hopefully you've been learning it well before then too, that all the addictions are always going to result in pain and suffering all the time. We're starting to get that now a little bit. Yeah. Starting to have a look back at your old relationships and go, that's why I felt so crap. That's why I love hurts. Those sort of feelings. Yeah. will always be unsatisfying because they are facades, facade of the real thing and not the real thing. And when we're saying real thing, we're talking about love. Addictions is just a facade of the real thing, a real facade of love. I constantly need, what's the word for it? I'm trying to think of the word. 
it's almost insatiable. We're just constantly going to be wanting more and more constantly. And it'll never feel as good as the first time, the first time, first love. <laughs> it's always the best, apparently, to everybody. Everybody remembers that one, but then it feels a bit more worse from that, a bit more jaded and a bit more shut down, not opening up as much. So I'm not getting those highs as good as I used to and getting more, seem to be not getting, getting my lows as much as I used to as well. So we, make, we still believe in the system though somehow. We've found it once and must find it again. I'll just keep trying that system. I keep going and keep going. But it's just the wrong system in the end. We're starting to find out because it keeps on hurting. Pain's our indicator that something's wrong. So why do I want addictions? It's going to be a very simple answer. Yes? I have no faith that there's no other way that I'm going to receive love. What's, what's a simple answer? That's true. Yes, true, true. Because um, I, <laughs> I think it feels good. Exactly. You don't want to have the bad feelings, do we? It's pretty simple. We just want to have good feelings, which is a fair call, but how do we get them? <laughs> Not through addictions. So what do I want to feel about myself? Anybody? Die? What would I like to feel about myself? What do yeah, I, believe? I, I want to feel like I'm, I'm alive, I'm powerful, yeah. I'm worthy, I've got a place in the world, um, I deserve all these yeah. things. Yeah. Anybody else? Cecily? I want to feel all the things that I don't feel inside myself. Big pardon? I want to feel all the things that I don't feel inside myself. So all the emptiness you feel, you want to feel fulfilled. Yeah, so you want to feel all the nice feelings all the time, don't we? Yeah. Like I said, if you want to feel, want to feel that I'm good or wanted, loved, but a lot of the times we're none of the things we want to feel. We just want to try and avoid the truth inside of ourselves. I don't want to feel that I'm bad, unworthy, broken, wrong, even when I'm all of those things. I just don't want to see those things. So I'm ignoring the truth about my soul condition in that state. I'm never going to grow. So the thing that I actually want is love. I can't grow towards it while I'm not acknowledging the truth about my soul condition. So who do I want a relationship with? Anybody? <laughs> Nobody? <laughs> Just if somebody gives me all my addictions. <laughs> Al? It's taken me five years, but I want a relationship with God. Do you? See how the rest of the seminar goes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess my actions have changed to what they were six years ago. So from the outside, that's probably what it looks like, but... What's it like on the inside? Because it's the inside that matters. I struggle with it, yeah. 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 So who do you want a relationship with, really? Myself. Oh, do you give yourself addictions? Yes. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah. So trying to avoid the relationship with God by trying to... Like, by using the addictions, addictions yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. yeah. 
So God's not someone I can see, is it? God's not invisible. God must be felt. And if I'm shutting down on my feelings, I'm never going to get close to God. Never going to find God in that, in that um, way. God's not someone that's going to feed any of my addictions. God's going to be challenging my addictions. So do I want any of that? No, good answer. That's an honest answer. We don't. We just want something that feels good because that's what we wanted before we asked that question. What do I want to feel? I just want to feel good. And the world's told us this way here, this system is the way you feel good. But we're starting to learn it's not. But I just realised from what Alan was saying that um, because I've spent most of my life in a relationship with myself, obviously I've chose that because I was feeling I was fulfilling all of my addictions, so that was much more comfortable than having a relationship with anybody else and even God. And it was safe. It was, yeah. yeah. So for safety and addictions, it's a lot of times that's what we do too. Avoid. Yeah, I thought I was avoiding all my addictions by having a relationship with myself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a word for <laughs> Far out. I just yeah. realised. Thanks, Alan. <laughs> so basically, I just don't want a relationship with God, do I, in the end? If it just comes down to that one thing. I want to have a relationship with everybody else that's going to meet my addictions, anybody else that's going to feed me good feelings. But God's not going to do any of those things, none of them. So we might just go for a quick break. Let you have a little bit of a pee first. Sorry, you've got oh, one question? I just meant yes, I want to yes. go for a quick break. Okay, you want to go for a pee? pee? Yeah, yeah. Cool. All right. We'll come back in about five minutes. Thanks, guys. There is John the diagram here before. So we still understand the diagram. We have a certain compulsion going on inside of ourselves to just, just insatiable. Just got just to have it. That sort of feeling coming up inside of ourselves. We just, just got to. And so we go and look for something that's just going to feed it. So we just go and find it. And yeah, baby, I feel good with you. <laughs> so now I've got my addiction met with this woman. That sort of feeling, it feels nice and fuzzy and feels safe and feel, everything's feeling great. Life's awesome. But then she doesn't like me anymore. She thinks I'm needy. Oh, what? I'm not needy? I want you bad, but I'm not needy. Like, <laughs> so my addiction's not getting met from her anymore. And I start getting... You need me too. You must need me. You go, I don't need you. You're just like like a little boy. Like you want your mum, I think. <laughs> and I get all fuzzy about it, then she breaks up with me. I'm all sad again. So we go look for another one. So we know the cycle. It's pretty messy, huh? I've been doing that cycle all my life, and it's pretty messy. I've had enough of it. There's something better out there. I'm chasing that. So what are some of the things I can do to recognise my own addictions? Throw it out to you guys. Anybody? <laughs> I've actually found that process really hard to see it. Um, and I think the only things that I've done is sort of um, starting to observe, well, one, hearing stuff mm-hmm. and being told truth about it. Having an intellectual awareness first, or wanting to find out. So. Yeah, and then kind of a wanting to find out, and then, like, if I'm specific for an example, like some stuff that's happening with my dad, I realise then, like, that was the same thing that I'm wanting from Pete. So starting to connect the two feelings. So first, you have to have a will to find out. Yes. And second, you had to had want to start seeing it. 
So that process you guys talked about yesterday mm. is, I suppose, what's happened. I can't say that I've let any of them go yet, but I can now – it feels a bit icky yeah. on some subjects. So some of them to, I still can't yeah, see. Yeah, you're starting to see them more clearly. So first it's going to take our will, isn't it, to want to yeah. see it? Because so, an addiction is part of it. It's our feeling. It's based from our feeling. It's driven from our feelings that we don't want to feel. So we need to start wanting to feel. So it's going to be a very important part of wanting to identify your addictions. Yes? I have a really distinct um, physical body um, thing that I recognise. And so observing what's going on in your physical body, reactions? Yeah, and it's a really fast-paced, uh, like, pulse and... I got a picture of like jaws, you know, the dun 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 dun, and it's that's what happens inside me. I realised just about all the time. It's so. How does that help you find your addiction? Well, it it's a signal to that, me that you're in an addiction or, mm, or starting yeah. to get in one. Yes, that just being in that state is an addiction. I've realised because that stop it numbs me, and I. I'm just in that state and I can't feel anything, I can't feel any softness. Yeah, we want to it's try like and, being on speed. Yeah, <laughs> we want to try and find some, like, so some of the things up here, even Mary's got, we may not even notice ourselves like in the addiction first. And we start realising, when we, ah, sorry, the beforehand we don't notice when we get into them, but often we notice when we're in them. And we start noticing these two things happening. One, we're feeling great and fuzzy. <laughs> Well, another one we can point out for is looking for when it's not getting met, we're starting to get angry. So angry is always a good indication someone's not meeting my addiction. When I'm getting the warm fuzzies, I'm in my addiction. So we can start looking out for those things as well. So what do my addictions look like? What's it look like before I meet them? It's a feeling words. What sort of feeling? What does it look like? I think someone gave you a demonstration just before. I think it was me. What's the, what did that, what's that, what are the feelings that were going on in that demonstration? To me, um, they feel enticing. It's like they're enticing me. Is that you what you're asking? Enticed, um, yeah. Before I even meet them. There's a feeling of enticement of something coming up. <laughs> so, Getting yeah. drawn? Yeah. Uh, sorry, yeah, Joy and Pete. Um, I feel needy, and it's kind of like if I don't get this from someone, I don't know what's going to happen. Like I just need this need. It's like, like a, yeah. what's the need feel like? Um, it feels hollow and empty, and feel the energy of it. What's the energy the, like? The energy. It's kind of demanding. Okay, yeah, yeah so we're getting there. Yeah, yeah, we're getting there. This is not very good. That. Mary's given you a hint already. Pete? I had the same as Joy. Did you? The neediness. Die? And the mel at the back? It feels overwhelming for me. Like, gotta have this. 
whatever it is. What's the energy feeling like? It's yeah. Uh, <laughs> just full on. Like, yeah, that's, yeah. Getting, that's good. They're getting full on. I'll give you a hint. <laughs> First, Mary gave you a hint up here. It was compulsion, that feeling of just wanting to have it. It's like a driven sort of frenzied feeling, like a sensatiable, just obsessed almost. Those sort of feelings, they'll be the first ones that start coming up. That's when we start noticing that's our addiction, the feeling of it, the feeling of the addiction. So we're looking out for those ones. There's some of the words here. Compulsion, obsession, frenetic, frenzy, insatiable urge, infatuation, desperation. That's a really good one too because you feel quite desperate to have it. So how does this feel before you begin a relationship? Like before you're in a relationship when you're just single, what's it like then when you're sort of by yourself and you want, you want to have a relationship or you desire to have a relationship? Eloisa? <laughs> I just feel embarrassed about this, but it's like you're kind of like this scout, you know, you're like potential. Yeah. Who's there? Oh, feel yeah. Like a... What does that one make me feel? Oh, no, no, no. Avoid that one. Oh, that one might be okay. Oh, no. It's like yeah. pretty gross. Yeah, like a window shopping pervert almost, like looking for exactly. certain emotions I can get. From exactly. Other people. Almost like you're a dirty stalker. What's oh, sure she got? What she got going on? What can I get from her? <laughs> Except I'm like trying not to look like that. So yeah. there's even the yeah, heart's like, the, oh, the I'm not like that. Hide it. Yeah, and it's like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Joyce, oh, yeah. Actually, I was so desperate that I would say yes to the first person that was off- that offered to me. So you love the perverted stalkers? Yes. Like, yep, yeah. Yes. It's an addiction, isn't it? And yeah. just trying to please them. Yeah. So you look for anybody that comes along. You're quite willing to enter addictions in this stage. As soon as something comes along, yeah. Yeah. we're not too picky sometimes, are we, in our addictions? So what do my addictions feel like when I meet them, when they're met? Um, Matt and Eloisa. <laughs> It's kind of like an orgasm, really. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of the time, in whatever way, yeah, whatever kind of addiction it is. Lots of people chase that feeling anyway. Yeah. <laughs> it's an orgasm of the heart, but it's not really, is it? <laughs> yeah. Eloisa? Yeah, I can't identify with that yet, but um, mine's more like the unloved or like the ones up on the board, you know, like, oh no, when I meet them. Yeah, when they're met and me, like when I get one. Oh, sorry. Because the first one was a feeling of what's it like to try and before it starts. Yeah, I'd say I feel. This side here. Feel loved. Feel loved. Yeah. I just don't anymore though, so I can't even (laughs) say that. Like it just feels fake, and it's like I get this. It's like, oh, it's like, hmm, yeah, cool, and then I'm like, ugh. So what's an energy feeling of when it's when first when you first had the addictions met? I suppose I actually just feel like karma. It's like, yep. Everything's okay now. That all? Well, I don't. Depends what you're talking that about. <laughs> I don't. Really, that feels awesome. <laughs> but it, I don't always feel awesome. I just don't have an awesome feeling very often. Yeah. So for me, it's more like a. Um, yeah, I just feel sad. I suppose safe and relief for a bit. So it's more like the safety you're looking for, is it then? Yeah, I think so, and secure. 
a security. I'd love to say that I had your little demonstration, but <laughs> I can't say that I do very often. Okay, thanks. Um, back there. And then... Um, I feel successful. Uh-huh. So these feelings give us another feeling, don't they? We feel happy, wanted, needed. It's like, oh, it's a relief. Now someone's like if having an addiction met. It's like, oh, the world feels better. It feels safe. It feels more in control now. I can just go and be myself. Right? And once, you know, once the compulsion or once the... the um, I call it fuzzy pumping sometimes. So <laughs> it feels like all the warm fuzzies just come up inside yourself and I just feel nice and fuzzy now. It's like it's the addiction's met. But it's a relief that like so before it was like that. If you know had a frenzied feeling, the desperate feeling, it's almost the end of that once the addiction's met. It's that calm sort of feeling, relaxed sort of feeling. So Okay. What does the addiction met feel like when I'm in a relationship? Once it's met, I'm in the relationship. What's going on then? Worthy and special. Yeah. <laughs> Feels good, doesn't it? Feels like I'm somebody at last and I felt like a nobody before. <laughs> Where did I go to hell? Yeah, pretty much the same. I feel loved and respected and yeah. noted. I'm seen. Yeah, have worth again. Yeah, self-worth, yeah. Yeah. Um, sometimes for me it just gets boring. Yeah. <laughs> After and I want to find it more exciting. So you're over the addiction pretty quick, just got it met. Yeah. What's it feel like when you just got it met, though, originally? Really exciting and powerful. And yeah. Inside yeah. yourself you feel... Worthy and loved and... Yeah. Yeah, worthwhile. What, isn't that what we're looking for? Yeah. So we've got what we want. We're pretty happy now, aren't we? So what do I feel when my addictions are not met? After a while, that good feeling I was pretty satisfied with starts disappearing. Laura? Christian? That maybe he's not the right one. What's the feeling like then? So the feeling a, is um, doubt. That it's a doubt. It's a doubt yeah. that it was that it was just a bond in the first place. Uh huh. Christiana. Disappointed. Disappointment. Yep. Yeah. That's a long word. Uh, Matt and Karen. Abandoned or unwanted? Yeah, it's a really good feeling, isn't it? Mm. Well, it's not a good feeling, but it's a good answer to that. Yeah, it's a awful <laughs> feeling. But <laughs> what do we feel when we don't get those feelings met? Um, Like, how do we feel? Because with addiction's not getting met, the person's not doing it for us anymore. We want them to. So what's that feeling like? Just uh, ask, oh, yeah. And, oh, sorry, Karen, keep yours. If you, you, did you have an answer to that one? Yeah, I, I feel empty. There's something missing. And how do you feel when that thing's taken away, though? Because it feels like it gets taken away. 
and it's not being met. So someone's withdrawn the thing that we like the, the good feeling from. So what do we feel like then towards the, the person, towards a relationship? Pretty resentful. Yeah, that's a really good word. Let's wake a few things up and give us an idea. So we've got annoyance, anger, rage, injustice, indignation. Are you familiar with those feelings? It's happened a few times probably at some stage, I'm sure. So what does the addiction not being met feel like in a relationship? Like what goes on in the relationship then? What's the actions? Arguments. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh, arguing. Yeah, yeah you're trying to maintain it back, trying to get it back. Yeah. I'm right. <laughs> and you start um, withdrawing your side of the bartering. Yeah, pretty much. Pre- yeah, if know? I'm not getting it, you're not getting Stuff that sort of thing. Yeah, it gets a quite like stamping the foot down, doesn't it? Yeah. The relationship's not going to go too well then. Yeah. yeah, look, sadly to say projections, like really intense projections can happen of. until you start feeling of rage, yep. until you start feeling remorse about it, and then you might just go to the axe. Well, that block. stage has done a lot of remorse going on. It's like just wanting to get it back. It's almost, it's almost like the same feeling back here. The compulsion's happening again. Wanting just wanting to get it back again. Frenzy, trying to do what you can to get it back. Yeah, no, it's up, awful. <laughs> interesting. It usually pushes the person further away. It's horrible. It brings the feeling up even more. Dave? And sometimes I've actually felt quite terrified in that place as well. Yeah. When they pull back. And it's just, like the panic again, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, and what are you going to do when you start panicking? <laughs> Try and get it in that again, I guess. Yeah, yeah, addiction. Yeah, get straight back into another we'll one again. Go grab another one. Yeah. Yeah, that's the way we're, we're so used to it. So, mm. yeah, it's a horrible cycle, isn't it? Yeah. So, next one. So, what do my addictions feel like mm. when we become conscious that I have them and been living in them and I want them? I want them. Um, to me, very dirty and sort of slimy. Yeah, they start and feeling a bit yucky, don't yeah, they? Yeah, they really do. Yeah. And I start becoming, realising they're not so nice anymore and I start becoming a little bit sort of aware of the damage I might be doing as well. Yeah. I feel a mixture of rebellion and guilt. When... When you're conscious, oh yeah. When I'm like, conscious that I'm that that they're there, um, yeah. I become rebellious because I want to continue with the addiction, but I feel guilty that I'm doing it. Yeah, sort of like some shame, maybe, or yeah, oh, yeah, shame's a good one. Yeah. 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 A lot of the times, you can feel like there's some uh, ones up here. Feel like your energy's been sucked from us. That's what it feels like when I'm starting to be aware that, oh, my husband is not so nice anymore. He just feels like he's always taking from me. He doesn't ever give. I can feel this never giving feeling coming from him. What am I doing? Like, it just doesn't start feeling nice anymore. I start recognizing that something's going on. Somebody's pulling from me and taking from me. We don't often realize that we're doing something in return at that stage. We start becoming aware that something's not right. Yeah, Matt? I feel like a lot less enthusiastic about it, about the addictive 
cycle. Yeah. Like, I'm still still doing it, but. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to describe that. Isn't it? like, yeah, it's just it's like just so good uh, yeah. yeah, it's not so. It's not really that much fun. Yeah, actually, and it, yuck. Yeah, yeah, hard and yuck. Mm. So, uh, where have we headed? I want to go to the next one. Actually, keep moving on. Just another one, good one there, with shame and repulse, because that's probably much what you're getting to with that, just about it starts feeling like a repulsion about the, the thing we're doing. Like even in a relationship, we start feeling repulsed towards the thing we're doing with them. So it starts feeling quite horrible. Yuck. Oh, I don't sort of answer that. What does con- a consciousness of my addiction feel like when I'm in a relationship, when I start becoming conscious of it? What actions might I take? Laura and then... And Christiana? Um, if for me, I'm realising and I get to the stage where I know that I want love that's not love, but I try to turn to God, but I get angry at that relationship because I just don't feel that God can give me the warmth. Like, What's so, wanting your addictive relationship, though? Yeah, I'm wanting to substitute that with God, like, that person can't give me that, so I want it from God, but I know God's not going to give me that, so I feel helpless. I so guess. basically it's just substituting one addiction for another, wanting God to give me the same thing I was in addiction with. Yeah, because anyway. if I can't get it from another human being and I can't I don't I don't know how I'm gonna get it from God, I feel hope I feel help like I don't know what to do. Just don't just give up sort of thing. Not give up, just like where's it gonna come from? Like there's no love and that just no love feeling is quite scary. So I'll go back to the person because I can't get that so not staying in the relationship in a way. We'll get to that one soon. Anyway. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, it's a help. I thought it was just more like desperate, helpless. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Um, Joy, oh, I had something. Christiana, sorry. <laughs> um, I get uh, self-punishing. I beat myself up really badly. So. Yeah, so it's still an addiction, isn't it, too? Yeah. 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 I might move on to the next point, actually. So what do my addictions feel like when I'm in codependency? So sort of getting to that in a way. Do you know what codependency is? Do you? You've been doing it for years, <laughs> forever. It's a good, it's a good idea if you know what it is. <laughs> so I think we'll talk about that actually soon. But, um, here we go. Codependency requires a bartering system between two people. Like you give me this and I'll give you that. and We've got a, we've got a perfect match. We're pretty happy. We're both happy until one person takes a bit more, like we just talked about in the last question, and doesn't feel so good anymore. It's pretty much what you call emotional prostitution, really, because we're willing to give, us, give something to somebody in exchange for something to get a good feeling from it. That's out of harmony with love. It sounds pretty icky when you sort of look at it in that terms, doesn't it? Next one's again. So what does it feel like in a relationship when you're, this is, you all said you were in one, you've all been in relationships, so you should have the answer for this one. <laughs> what does it feel like a codependent relationship? Kind of feels like I'm in a role, I'm fulfilling a role 
Yeah, that's what it is. It's just everybody's in their role, doing their job, supplying the thing for that person, or the person supplying a thing for that person. Everybody's happy. Yeah, and by society standards, I'm doing a good job. As long as the role, you keep doing your role. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, if you don't start doing your role, it's going to be all hell to pay. Yeah. That's what it's like in a relationship, isn't it? When the role starts fading off a bit, the other person's not pulling their weight and you're giving, but they're not giving back. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, and that's what I was going to say. Before I start to feel fear, then that if I'm conscious of it, that I could lose the relationship. If I don't fulfill that role, then there's a fear that that the relationship could end. <laughs> yeah, fear you're going to have to enter this cycle again. <laughs> yeah. Um, Karen? It feels loveless. Feels? Loveless. Loveless. Yeah. yeah. But often we don't feel that, do we? Well, it just Unless feels... Unless you're aware of it, because it feels usually feels quite dead. good feels in a way. dead. Yeah, it is loveless, that's true, but it, often it feels quite like everything is just got everything pretty much managed, I suppose. We've managed our life perfectly. We've hit our comfort zone, and this is where I want to stay right now. And don't anybody mess it up, particularly my husband. Yeah. <laughs> but, but there's no excitement there. No, so. that's it. So it's becoming quite flat, like flatlining, basically, the, the lover in the relationship, if there's any there at the beginning. Yeah. yeah. Um, who do we have? Dave? And then we'll go on to the next question. Feels flat and lifeless. Yeah, there's nothing left in it, is there really? And, but we still have enough addictions met to want to stay in it for some reason. It's enough that we're, it's almost like a um, sort of just satisfied or just um, it'll do. It sort of covers me closely, keeps me safe, doesn't, doesn't um, what's the word? Yeah, ruffle the feathers in the relationship and we pretty much put them back in place. Otherwise, we don't give the addiction back to the person. Yeah, it's also like we put up with things a lot and sacrifice ourselves a lot now. So what does a codependency feel like in a relationship? It's placating the man with the angry woman. This is pretty common, isn't it? You know that one? Yep. The man's willing to go and is willing to give up his will and just agree with the angry woman just so the angry woman can give him sex. Whenever he keeps her happy, he gets sex. That's pretty good for him, huh? The angry woman gets to feel powerful over the man, so she gets something out of it as well with her anger. Or the wife who does everything for the man who wants to be mothered. (laughs) It's pretty common as well, isn't it? (laughs) These are pretty common common, um, things you'll see in relationships. Well, even to the worst of cases, the abused woman gets to avoid responsibility, financial responsibility, because a man must give her lots of money and he looks after the money, as long as she bothers for occasional violence, occasional beating. The violent partner gets to feel needed and power and in control. The woman gets to feel like she's looked after, even though she's willing to be um, hurt for that too. So move on. So what do my addictions feel like when I'm actually abusing others? When I know I'm in an addiction with the person, I'm aware this is what I'm doing. I'm aware that this is in the codependent relationship. This is what I'm trying to get from that person. So what does it feel like? What do I, what, what do I get out of that? Uh, it's cold and callous and like powerful condescending kind of. Yeah. We're after some some sort of control of power. Yeah, power. Yeah, we don't really care about the other person in that process at all. Not, not even remotely. We just want to keep what we want no. to get and not really concerned about them. 
if it was a bartering system, we don't want to really keep up our end of the bargain a lot of the time. No. Okay. So anybody else? Yep, sorry, here. Teresa? <laughs> Um, I get to, yeah, I get to stay in control. Yeah, we get to feel powerful. We some, get to feel like something. some some sense of control and things. Like a lot of times we enter the relationship because we feel out of control. So we look for a person that we can manipulate and control and be in a relationship with them so we can feel in control to try and avoid our fear of being out of control for something happening in our life. So we have our next one. To lose, use methods of coercion and manipulation. It's pretty common in relationships. We disguise it as love or we try and want to make it look more pretty, sugar it up a little bit and try and get the other person to keep continuing it on. So how does this feel in our relationships? Oh, sorry. How does this feel like in our relationships with our children? Eloisa? <laughs> I think it feels um, pretty much the same, um, except that you're even... Um, what does it look like? What's that bit in a Do you want some examples? Sense? Okay. Yeah. Uh, hold on. You want examples of what actually happens? Yeah. What's a, what's a codependent relationship with your children look like or feel like? What are you trying to do it for? Um, because I want them to love me. Yeah. So you're trying to get love from them? Yep. Yep. So you're trying to extract love from the relationship with the child? Yep. Yep. You go ahead. Um, you, I wanted them to behave in a certain way so that it would look like I was a good parent. Yep, so trying to Bartering. keep the facade up with everybody else and using your children to get that. There's a substitution that happens. Um, so you're not going to get love from God, you're not going to get love from a man, so yeah. um, you're actually going to trap your children in this cycle that they're yours. It's an ownership thing. So to be the surrogate husband and the surrogate wife, they end up using the children for that. It's pretty terrible stuff, yeah, isn't it's, it? Yeah. yeah. So we're sort of grooming the child to be our supply, all our emotional needs. We nip the, we nip, like the child's will, like we'll give it some lollies and stuff just to get it to do things like, if you stop doing that and if you do be good, I'll give you a lolly. We start manipulating them and controlling the child's behaviour with force in order to feel in, in control rather than for the purpose of educating them in God's laws. We've always put that last, we seem to, don't we, while we're in addictions. We don't care about God's laws. We don't even want to know them ourselves. So we're not wanting to love the child in the first place. We're using a child to get a feeling met, which is a, not a very good thing at all. It just continues a cycle of damage. Why do I have no interest in developing a relationship with God and only have an interest in re- developing relationships with people? Uh, Mel and... Because God won't meet our addiction. Exactly. That's spot on. We look for relationships with people because it's like we want that quick fix all the time, don't we? We want to make it easy. We don't want to have to go through pain. So we want to look for the quick fix all the time, look for people that's going to meet that addiction. But if God is not going to work like that, never. It will never work like that with God. So we're trying to avoid God at all costs. 
This doesn't make us feel good instantly. We don't want to have to do the work. We don't want to have to be involved. We don't want to have to emotionally have to... It's the only way you're going to get there is to emotionally open up. It's the last thing we're trying to do. We want to try and shut that down. We're scared about what's inside of ourselves. So as we said, people need our addictions because we want codependency with people so we can barter our feelings because we give people instant gratification, yep, straight away, because people want bartering systems. We don't want anything different. We want this. We've got to realise how much we want this. How much you want to get it from people. How much you want to avoid it from God, the relationship. And we're willing, we've got to realise how much we want this. We are desperate, we are frenzied. We're infatuated with getting it. We've got to start feeling that feeling, how much we're trying to get our addictions, how desperate we are to have them satisfied instead of looking at our hurt and our fears. So God does none of these things in your relationship. He won't give you any of those things, none of these feelings in here. It will give you those in a different way, but <laughs> you'll just not get them met. It's not in the system. God isn't in this system. So if you're looking for God, you've got to go away from this system. And Mary will tell you a little bit about that later. So what are the advantages of seeing my addictions? There's got to be advantages, isn't there? Eloisa? I can actually do something about them. Yes, you can. Everybody feels like we're hopeless and helpless. You can do something about them. You've got the awesomest gift in the world, free will. You can choose whatever you want to do. That's a very good one. I'm just going to write that up there. It's a free will. The thing is, what am I going to do with it? <laughs> uh, Laura and Mel? Fab? Um, through all of this, I can just see so clearly how I want God to interfere, um, not interfere, but come into this process, which means that if I did feel a bit of God's love while I'm in that, I'd get to avoid the whole hurt self, which is cl- going to get closer to my real self. Yeah. So that's really brought the clarity of why would, why would I be given something that would instantly um, help me avoid all of the feelings inside of me, all the frozen parts of myself, which I want to, re- which I want to claim and be whole. It's like, a possibility for personal growth. Yeah, all, all of that would be gone if God just gave me my addiction straight away. I no, God doesn't give addictions. Yeah, <laughs> but I never thought, thought what a great thing because it would avoid all my, my growth and my richness of going into my hurt self and experiencing all my parts of myself. So the benefit would be just in a word? In a word. Um, enlightening, like the clarity of... For yourself? Of, of seeing my addictions and knowing that it, there is a process of no one's going to take that away from me magically. So would you have faith then that was if you started developing, getting out of that system and trying God's system? Yeah, I'd see the, the full spectrum, like more I'd see. Yeah, that's what happens. You more. do. Once you start getting out of that, you start opening your eyes up to lots of things because you've opened up your heart. 
God's created the world via the soul and by the heart. It's designed for you to experience it like that. As you start opening up to the whole entire world, all things around you, you start feeling people properly, you start knowing when you're getting manipulated, you start being sensitive to your own feelings, you want the addiction, oh, that doesn't feel good, oh, I didn't know I had that one, I've got to deal with that one. You start becoming very sensitive, you start getting out of this cycle and more into God's cycle of growth and love. So it increases your awareness, yeah. Mm. Uh, we had some, where the mic go? Okay. <laughs> Um, so you've got your free will and you're choosing differently and you can start to um, feel good about yourself once you understand God's sort of version of ethics and mor- morality. So you, In time that'll happen. Yeah. At first it won't feel so good. <laughs> no, but once you start seeing your addictions, I feel, yeah. That does. It feels like you've yeah. got a sense of knowing what's going on in life as in... Yeah, as in, there's as in, safety in that. Like, like you said, everything God does is love and then... Yeah, once you realise the addictions is, the, yeah, the advantages of seeing your addictions, it's like you can just sort of start to open up to love. Not that you can, I don't know, that the opening's real, but the the awareness sort of starts to... So you have a direction now. Yeah, yeah, Whereas before that's it. it. Well, you know this is a cycle, so it hasn't got any direction except yeah. back on itself. So you yeah. know you can go somewhere, you can grow, you can actually have different experiences rather than the same old experiences all the time. Yeah, like keep going around that cycle. Yeah, and while they might, may not feel as good as the addictions at first, you start having faith that they actually work. Yeah. So you know the addictions don't work, so you try them lots of times. Yeah. So it's quite empowering in the end for ourselves. Yeah, in the end, yeah. And self-confidence building in ourselves, in our soul also. Have trust yeah. in that's what it can do. Yeah. Um, I've written a few articles, I'm going to keep moving on actually. Um, so real growth in love now becomes possible inside of ourselves as we look out of this cycle that doesn't have any real love in it at all. I was thinking out of the addiction cycle. Uh, true love in relationships with myself and education of myself in love is now possible. Before I was believing that these were the way to go, but now I've re-educated, I'm starting to re-educate myself where the real feeling of love comes from. I don't have to keep going on this cycle to just try and find a good feeling. I know I've got to go somewhere else and do some work with it. I've got to be engaged in it. I've got to use my will for it. A real relationship with God is now possible too. I've now choosing to feel and choosing to connect with my soul. That's the only way you're going to have a relationship with God is via your soul, via your feelings and emotions. Now I'm starting to open up to them. It's like opening my door and God's opening, or God's door's always open, but you're opening God up, your door up to allow some, some truth and some feelings from God in. A real relationship is possible now with my soulmate. You won't find your soulmate in that little system there at all. You just find shitty relationships. <laughs> they won't be ever satisfying. And the way towards God, God made the souls and the soulmates. You'll have to start finding out from God what it's like in this system. A real loving relationship, sorry, a real loving relationship with children, friends, environment is also now possible. Lots of things change when you get rid of your addictions. It all opens up to, all opens up to love instead of pseudo-love in all areas. I will no longer be influenced by people, whether I can see them or not. This is including spirits. When you're in addictions, spirits love those people. They're the ones that they get their addictions fed through. And they're all nice and quiet. You can't see them, so you don't even know half the time it's happening because you don't want to be aware. You don't want to feel, so you won't even, because you can't see them, you have to feel them. 
It's the only way you're going to know they're there. And if you don't want to feel, they're going to be getting away with lots of stuff. But as you start working through your addictions, you'll start be, and become more sensitive emotionally. You'll start becoming sensitive that the feelings, ah, oh, that's not really my feeling. Someone's pushing me on that. Like if I might have a compulsion to go and eat food and think, hang on, I was dating not long ago. My stomach's full. I actually feel full. What am I going to get food for again? I don't want chippies. Well, I do, but I don't really want them now. But oh, I do. And you have to start working through that little cycle of feeling the compulsion pushing at you and realising logically my stomach's full. Logically I'm not hungry. But I'm feeling this compulsion. There's something going on. So what's going on? Ah, I'm starting to get sensitive now. Someone's trying to push me to do it because they want to have some sort of sensation out of it. You start becoming very sensitive to spirits then too. So in conclusion, we learn today why we want our addictions met. Because it gives us a good feeling. <laughs> we learn how to recognise our addictions. We have to start feeling this feeling of compulsion, those sort of feelings, a frenzied feeling. The first feeling that comes up, you just got to go do something. It's just like pushed, it feels like you just got to, just must have it. Just start noticing that feeling. That's the very beginning of the cycle. You might not notice it at first until you're sometimes in it, but at least start being aware of that, what to look for. The benefits of letting go of all of our addictions, we're going to have a better life. We're going to have a happier life. We're going to have a fulfilling life, and it's going to keep, it's going to keep growing. It won't stop there. It won't be just one little bit of niceness. It's going to keep getting better forever. Forever, if you choose God's system, that is, and want to get out of addictions. So unless I'm willing to learn what love actually is and be taught by the creator of love, I'll be leading a life with only the result possible being a painful existence. It's the only possible result for addictions. This is the road to pain and suffering. The other road is eternal growth and love and good, all the good feelings you're trying to chase for addictions. I know which one I want to take. So we've got some homework for you guys. Your pen's handy. You can probably just read it. I'll read it out, but you can just go through it in your own time. Um, write down, and we're going to go through this on, I think it's one day, I've got to use my fingers, one day, two day. I think it's in three days, two days are coming up, I think it's one more day, a day off, and then the next day after that, is that correct? Thursday. You don't use your fingers. <laughs> Thursday, whatever day Thursday is, that's when we're doing it. Write down every time you felt compelled, obsessed, infatuated, and in frenzy, those sort of feelings. Write down what you do when you satisfy your, like the compulsion. The compulsion is not satisfied.
just think there's another one there. Right. Write down what frustrates you about your relationship with God. I'll leave you to write that. I just want to thank you for your time today. Mary will come up next with Challenging Addictions down this bottom part. (laughs) 